You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to Smart Sex, Smart Love. We're talking about sex goes beyond the taboos and talking about love goes beyond the honeymoon. I'm Dr. Joe Court. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, everyone. Today, my topic is for the show, Sex on the Side, People Who Enjoy Sex Without Penetration. Now, when people hear that, they're like, wait, what? What do you mean sex on the side without penetration? Then you're not having sex. Penetration is sex. That's the way our culture seems to be going these days, that if I ask my clients, actually, as a therapist, have you been sexual or have you had sex with the boyfriend or girlfriend that you're dating? They'll say, no, not yet. And then they'll say, but we've given lots of blowjobs and oral sex to each other. And I'll say, well, that's still sex. Um, it may not be penetration. And so today I'm going to be uh, with my guest here, a woman named Jess. Hi, Jess. Hi. How's it going? Good. And you? Good, good. We're going to be talking about when I call sex on the side. So here's the deal. I wrote an article in, I think it was 2014 for Huffington Post about gay men who do not enjoy anal sex. So when we people hear about anal sex, they think, well, anal sex means you're gay. And if it's two guys, you're gay. And if you're a straight guy getting pegged, which I'll talk about in a minute by a woman, uh, I'll talk about it now. When the woman wears a strap on and she penetrates her boyfriend or husband or male partner, that um, that's gay. But that doesn't explain gay men who never have anal sex. So does that mean they're not gay? So suddenly uh, their butt has to, to say something to them that, you know, they're not really gay. I always say your anus doesn't have a sexual orientation. It doesn't know whether it's gay, straight, or bi. It's an anus. So it, it may, it, if it enjoys it, it enjoys prostate orgasms. Um, it enjoys, you know, uh, the prostate massaged uh, by fingers, by penises, by dildos. But then, and so when gay men in general are sexual, often they'll say they're either a top, they're a bottom, um, or they're a top verse, or they're a bottom verse. So let me explain all that for those of you that never heard these terms. A top is a gay man who inserts his penis into his partner's anus. He does the penetrating. The bottom is identified as the gay man who is being penetrated, um, by the, by the top. Now, some people are versatile. They'll go either way when they're sexual with somebody. Now you do me and I'll do you. Some people are mostly top, so they call themselves top verse, meaning I'm mostly a top, but every once in a while I'll bottom for the right person. I'm bottom verse. Um, I, I'm mostly a bottom, but every once in a while I'll, I'll, um, I'll top for the right person. So then I said, well, what about those gay men who don't like anal sex and have never done it? And I call them sides. I made it up, right? If you're not a top, you're not a bottom, you're a side. And I'm going to come out and tell you that I'm a side, that I have never had anal sex. I'm not interested in having anal sex. I don't want anyone to perform anal sex on me. It's not an erotic zone for me. And I've had people say to me, well, oh my God, how do you have sex? Like what goes on in the bedroom? As if everything else, the hundreds and hundreds of other ways of being sexual uh, with a partner um, isn't sex. So I wanted to destigmatize this whole concept because I used to feel a lot of shame. Like if I'm not having anal sex, then maybe I'm not the right kind of gay. Maybe I'm not gay. These were my earlier Joe Court days. Today I say, nope, I'm gay and I'm proud to say 
that's just not something that I enjoy and I have no shame around it. And what has happened is that article has taken off where uh, it's been quoted in various uh, TV shows. It's been um, support groups have been developed around the country. When I go around the country, uh, people will say, at our gay community center, we have our side support group. Because why do people need a support group? They feel ashamed of not having really? anal sex. Yeah, have you ever heard of this? Uh, no, but it's confusing to me because whether or not you're gay, bi, or straight depends on who you're attracted to, not what orifice is getting stuffed with what, right? <laughs> <Yes>. So <laughs> Exactly. I don't understand why that would, you know, why a gay person would be like, oh, well, you're not really gay then if you don't enjoy anal sex. But right. There's plenty of reasons not to enjoy anal sex, and I'm sure plenty of reasons to enjoy it. So right. it, just because it's not for everyone doesn't mean that they're not gay enough. You know, <laughs> that's confusing to me. It's very Sex is still sex. Oral sex is sex. So, I mean, if you don't view it like that, just look at it in the terms of someone cheating on you and getting a blowjob, then all of a sudden... It sucks, right? That's such a great so. point. Let's say that again. So people who don't think anything but penetration is sex, if they have a partner mm-hmm. and they get a blowjob or get a blowjob, then they know it's sex. Right. Yeah, because now all of a sudden it's cheating and you're angry. Well, if it's not sex, then what are you mad about? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's very, very good. Yeah. I, 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 what I'm trying to do is dismantle the binary, right? The binary being that um, somebody is either a top or a bottom or, ha- you know, is being penetrated and getting penetrated, and there's so much in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, th- there's a lot in between. There's foreplay, there's oral sex, there's you know, even just stimulation of like massage. Not even you know prostate massage, but if someone massages your butt long enough, like you're gonna get excited. Yes. You know, there's tons of nerve endings in there, and that's gonna lead to some sort of sexual intercourse you don't have to put it in a specific spot regardless something's going in and out of something that's still sex yes and i know that there used to be i used to hear this a lot from straight friends and clients female uh who would say we have a secret in amongst women that if you stick your finger up your partner's male partner's butt um a little bit and sort of uh do it without even telling him you're going to do it it'll excite him if you say Mm -hmm. i'd like to do this he won't want it but if you do it without him knowing it'll get get him excited have you heard that uh i haven't but that's true So you know it to be true, right? (laughs) Yeah. Every time I'm like, hey, you want a finger? Like people shy away from it. But unless, you know, yeah, they shy away from it. But if you just kind of do it, then it's like a pleasant surprise usually. And why do you think men shy away from it? Uh, I think they're under the impression that any sort of anal activity, whatever, means that they're gay, which is also stupid. Why? Again, it's dependent on who you're attracted to, not where you stick things, right? Yes, yep. So that has always confused me, and frankly, it doesn't even make any sense. I don't know why it became a widespread thing that people thought. The only thing I can think about is that it's um, it came out because of the stigma, right? It's men are stigmatized if they want to enjoy anything that has to do with two men together, which would be anal penetration. Right. But that doesn't make any sense because a lot of straight couples enjoy penal, anal penetration to the female. Yeah, there's the thing. It's called pegging for a reason, right? Right. right. <laughs> now, is it called pegging when it's to a man, to a woman? No. Uh, no, I think it's just when it's like a female putting on something fake and using it for penetration on a guy. That's what I've always heard it as. Like yes. it's just anal sex, if not 
Right. Yes, because we're going to soon have a, um, a, a woman on uh, who does all of her podcasting about pegging, Ruby Ryder. So she'll maybe correct us at that point when we do have her on. Very cool. But at this point, yeah, it's sort of uh, confusing. And um, But I do think it's the stigma that a lot of guys think, well, then this must make me gay. And actually, there's a book. I had Justin Laymiller on the show um, the very first time we did our show. And he has a book called Tell Me What You Want. And in it, he studied 4,000 Americans. And he found in his study that 60% of men fantasize about receiving pegging. And 40% of females fantasize about giving pegging. Well, I mean, that makes sense. Like women don't have a prostate, right? Men do. When you milk the prostate, it makes a man orgasm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So why wouldn't you want all of your pleasure zones like explored, you know? And if you don't at least try it, then you're never going to know how good it feels. Like there is a very big difference between having a regular orgasm out of your penis and then having simultaneous orgasms from your prostate and your penis being, you know, explored at once. It's nice that you know a lot about this, especially as a female. A lot of women shy away from this information as well. I'm more open-minded. You really are, (laughs) Jess. You're so But I wasn't always. So, you know, I had an ex who enjoyed being pegged and I had never done it before and I did it. And for women, like it's fun because then you have all the power, right? You're the one being... I mean, granny, you can do that on top too. I mean, without, you know, a dildo or strap on or whatever. But I mean, it's different when you're the one doing it because you're like, oh, this is weird role reversal. (laughs) Very. You know, but it's, it's actually pretty fun. So, and especially when you see like the pleasure that it causes your partner, it's even more enjoyable. I'm so appreciating you're saying this because a lot of women in my practice, at least they get disgusted by it and they think it's, um, they start to see the male as less alpha. Did you ever have that? No, that's childish Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. In your opinion. Okay. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, but I, I think people get freaked out about taboo things and they let it affect their brain too much. Like you're enjoying someone's company you're being sexual together. Just do whatever feels good. Who cares? It's not like you have to tell everyone in the world. So, you know, right. the only people that know are you and that person unless you go and share it with people. Yeah. And then you open yourself up to judgment, you know. But if you're in the bedroom judging, just, I mean, you're in there to light your hair down, right? You might as well go all the way and do it yeah. and explore all the things. I mean, there's going to be some things that make people uncomfortable, obviously. We'll just don't do that again. You're very open-minded. It's so, so it would be nice if so many more people were like this because the clients of my, and I, again, I'm only talking about a clinical population, right? but really they're in there and they say, well, if you, you know, they get the worry that you must be gay if you want this. So we have to get, so, so the stigma doesn't just harm men, it harms women who then have have to rethink men in some negative way. Well, and then that's adding even more harm to a woman because now his female partner is looking at him like he's gay, but there was no man doing anything sexual to him, which I don't really understand. That doesn't mean you're gay just because you have – like it's a pleasure zone. There's a ton of nerve endings in there. I don't know all the things about the prostate, but I know it makes men come. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, it's got to be – serve more of a purpose – uh, than whatever it does medically. I just want so badly for these kinds of podcasts and education for people to understand there's nothing wrong with you if you enjoy this kind of sex and you negotiate it consensually with a partner. Well, yeah. And honestly, why are you getting, why are you even getting naked if you're not going to enjoy it to its fullest potential? Mm-hmm. And why would you want to have a subpar, like sex isn't something that's supposed to be like, 
I don't know, in the dark. And I mean, it's supposed to be fun, right? It's the funnest thing you can basically do. Mm -hmm. Even if you're going skydiving, you're going to get more pleasure from sex than you will from that. So Mm -hmm. if you're going to go to the trouble of getting naked and, you know, keeping a trim body to stay attractive, why not try everything that you're curious about? Why not have like the greatest sex of your life? Mm -hmm. Why would you limit yourself? You know, and that's really all it is doing. And it's because of preconceived notions that don't even really make any sense. That's so well said. So well said. Oh, thanks. But I like it. And I want to add that it's also okay to have limits and to say, I don't want to do this, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why, you know, I and people say, well, why don't you want anal sex? And and I thought a lot about it, maybe because I was an enema baby, right? In the old, in the 60s, doctors would tell mothers, oh, there's your child's sick. Maybe he hasn't had a fresh bowel movement. I don't know what I said fresh for. (laughs) Or, you know, uh, so they would give me an enema. I remember that. I hated it. It was gross and it hurt and... I, the, you know, um, and then later in life, I just didn't find it erotic. You know, parts of me felt dirty about it. Some of it didn't feel, um, the odor. I mean, I have lots of different ideas of why I didn't like it at first. And it's just, it's just not erotic. I've tried a little bit with fingers. It just, it doesn't do it. Well, see, like you tried it. Now you know I don't like it. Don't do it again. Right. But, but people would say I didn't try it enough that I should try a, a full penetration. There's and- no reason to like force yourself <laughs> to be unhappy during sex and right. like cause trauma to yourself. Right. right. <laughs> like, I've had clients that say they have hemorrhoids and women who say I've tried it and I don't want it. My husband prefers. Well, right? and honestly, like anal sex, if you're doing it enough and say someone's member is just that big, like there's people that have had prolapsed anuses. Like it's not exactly intended for a hard pounding. Right. A vagina is, a mouth can do a lot of, you can take a little bit of a beating, but I mean your anus, like you're, that's different. Yeah. You can't just go to pound town all the time on it and expect that there's not going to be long-term health issues of some respect. Right. Away from that, you know, there definitely is. I know people that have had to be rushed to the emergency room from pegging, you know. Okay. So. So they're not doing it correctly, perhaps. That is probably it. Maybe they didn't use enough lube. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah. That, is that? I mean, does I? I don't know. Like all the science about that, but. Yeah. If you do it often and long enough, like, does it cause long-term health issues or is it just if you're doing it wrong and you didn't dump a gallon of lube in there or something? That's a great question. And I think that I don't have the answer to, but I would love to get an expert on yeah, that. Yeah, I'm curious on that. Yeah. So we might get Charlie Glickman. Charlie Glickman is a sex therapist or sex educator. Okay. And he, all of his books are about anal pen- and pegging. And so in addition oh. to Ruby Ryder, so he he's might. like the pegging expert. He is. Yeah. It's just like Ruby Ryder. <laughs> anal yes. sex expert, I guess. Yeah. He would know that. And, uh, you know, I think I should even know that just listening to my gay male clients, sometimes people will say, well, if you don't have anal sex, how can you help other people enjoy and know how to have anal sex? You don't have to be the one doing it. You don't have to be performing the sex acts just to be able to educate people and do therapy, you Mm -hmm. know? And there's lots of straight people who don't want penetration, but they can't let themselves know it because the gold standard in this culture is is penetration. PIV, penis and vagina, Mm -hmm. or PIA, penis and anus. Mm -hmm. Sometimes some women are so, have so much difficulty and so much pain. It's almost like their vagina is saying to them, I don't want this. This is, I'm not, it's not erotic to me. I'd rather be sexual in other ways. Right. Some men lose their ability to have erections and they can't accept that because they don't have other rep, other things in their repertoire that they have to learn. Right. Like how to give a blowjob. That's important. Right. Right. <laughs> For everyone, gay, straight, 
like if you have a man in your life, it's important. People think it's not. It is. Yeah. You know, there's uh, something dirty to it in a guy's mind, I guess, when you're doing it, that just makes it hotter. So right. why not give your partner everything they want? But don't go out of your way to do things that don't make you un- or that make you uncomfortable. Right. You know. Right. I mean, you have five, you have ten fingers. You have a tongue. There's lots of other ways mm-hmm. to uh, help a partner feel enjoyment and for you to feel enjoyment. Yeah, absolutely. From your mouth, from hand simulation, like you said, everything doesn't always have to be, you know, bottom half of your body, actual penetration mm-hmm. for you to have an orgasm. Like women, we have our strongest orgasms from the outside of our body. You know, there's nothing that's even internal that can really match what the clitoris can actually do. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. And there's no penetration involved in that at all. Oh, that's true. That makes a lot of sense. People mm-hmm. need to know that. And and with gay men, a lot of times – um if they're uh, aside, they feel so bad about it because, uh, you know, and it might be that they enjoyed anal sex for a while and then stop. Lots of gay male couples will start anally penetrating with anal penetration and then over time they'll stop and then they feel shame about that. And the truth is, and they feel shame because they don't understand that m- many people stop engaging in certain sexual acts in long-term relationships. Mm-hmm. It, you can get things back. You can talk about bringing things back or you could decide those days are over for us. Maybe we bring in a third. Maybe we don't. But there's lots of conversation and openness that people don't have. No, I think people are too scared to be judged or whatever. So they just avoid the topic because it's uncomfortable or maybe they don't want to upset somebody by – you know, but I mean, if you don't talk about it, then there's still going to be feelings hurt or someone's confused. So just get it out in the open and get it over with. Rip the Band-Aid off, right? Yep. And I think a lot of people don't understand that in the kink and fetish community, uh, penetration is not the gold standard all the time. It's the role play. It's the power exchange, right? right? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely the power exchange or, yeah, definitely a lot of, you know, people who – during their day job or, you know, from nine to five, they have to be out and be aggressive and be the person who's in charge. And although that's their role as a CEO or an attorney or whatever, at the end of the day, like they're not naturally a dominant personality. So it's exhausting for them. So when they get around somebody that they trust and, you know, you talk about things ahead of time and they can kind of be the one being dominated, that's where they truly feel like, I guess, uh, re-energized, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's exhausting to be acting outside of your personality all day long, Mm -hmm. every day. And it may or may not involve penetration. Right. 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 Most times, I mean, it doesn't. Yeah. You know, for a dom-sub relationship, quite often there's no penetration, no sex. It's a sexual fantasy, but also mentally relieving. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's like therapeutic for them. Right. You know, a lot of porn shows men getting pegged in a dom sub where she's the dom and he's the sub and he's she's being mm-hmm. forcing him. So it's almost like the stigma is, well, if she's forcing me, then I'm, that can arouse me. I can do it. True. But um, let's just keep in mind, like, uh, porn is <laughs> rarely what happens in real life, right? That's true. Yes. So, you know, it's just this woman who's running around stomping on some guy with heels. And yes. Normally not that aggressive in the real world. Right, right. It's all different ways. Those are just one way. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. That's interesting. No, it's helpful for you to be adding to this because a lot of people don't understand this and having this natural conversation, maybe all these experts on all the time. And it's nice just to have just a regular person talk about this who knows what she's talking about. Yeah, it's it's an interesting lifestyle to get involved in, but 
I mean, if you're somebody who's out and is out of their element most times during the day, that might be something that might be relieving for you. Yeah. You know, now in the gay male community, there is a lot of stigma to being a bottom, the one who's being penetrated. And there's a terrible joke in the gay male community who pays for the wedding, the father of the bottom. And really, it's so misogynist and so not funny. Uh, and the idea is that he's more like a female. That's why they, they do that. And it's really upsetting, and it's try, they're trying to change it in the gay male community to not be this way. They did a, a study in a book called A Billion Wicked Thoughts, and in that study, they discovered uh, that there are more bottoms than there are tops in the gay male community. So for us to be attacking a group of men who outnumber a group of other men is just so unhealthy. Agreed. Yeah. I don't even know why it would matter who's taking and who's res- – well. Yeah, who's receiving and who's giving. I don't understand how that would make a difference. Yeah, it's a, it's gotten attached to masculinity and um, it's really an unfortunate thing. And and one thing that I do know amongst gay men, uh, not even thinking about penetration, just thinking anally, a lot of gay men enjoy uh, mouth to anus. It's called analingus or rimming mm-hmm. where he's licking the other guy's anus. And I was on a gay male cruise and I did a workshop on it. And I said, okay, I had everybody uh, stand on one end of the boat if they enjoyed the sex act, one end on the boat if they didn't enjoy a sex act, and stand in the middle if they were neutral about it. And I mm-hmm. went through all these sex acts. And then I said, okay, rimming. And everybody went to one side of the boat that liked it. The whole boat was on its side. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much gay men enjoy rimming. But you have to be careful because sometimes they do it and they go to bathhouses where there are men who are you know, walking around in towels and looking for group sex, individual sex, couple mm-hmm. sex, and they're enjoying rimming each other. But sometimes it can spread uh, E. coli and other kinds of problems uh, if you don't know where the man's been or or what's happened and how clean he is. Yeah, I think what's really important for any sort of ass play. So before um, with my ex, before I would peg him, like he always gave himself like an enema, but it was an at home enema. So <laughs> like. Mm you know, the shower thing or whatever, mm-hmm. and put it up there and then jump on a toilet and let it all rinse out. Mm-hmm. That way, you know, it's about as cleanly as it can be for a butthole. Yeah, right. So. And that's true for gay men too, that the bottom has a little more work to do to be clean. Right. But then again, then there's sometimes I've had clients say, well, and friends, it wasn't so clean and I pulled out and there were feces or whatever. And it's just part of it. I, it's it's an anus. Yeah. Like, right. That's going to happen sometimes. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So I don't know. I think this is a good conversation. Do you think there's anything more we didn't say about penetration or enjoying it or not enjoying it? I don't think so. I mean, if you have an orgasm, it was sex. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in some way or another. Oh, my God. I love that, too. If you have an orgasm, it was sex. That's how I see it anyway. Yes. Right. So. Yep. I think the only time that's probably not true is when it's rape. Right. It's uh, true. Right, non-consensual. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Right. I just definitely. want to make sure people hear that. But otherwise, if it's two consenting partners and you had an orgasm, I'm going to totally borrow that sex. if you don't mind. No, have it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's very, very good. And if you don't like anal sex, there's nothing wrong with you. If you do like it, there's nothing wrong with you. That's the whole goal of my podcast and my work is really judgment-free zone and free yourself of your own shame and your own judgment that binds you to all this. Mm -hmm. If you're a side, come out. If you're a top or a bottom or versatile or whatever you are, come out. Just be be okay with it. But be selective about who you tell and be realizing that some people could be judgmental towards you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, which they shouldn't because, again, it's sex. So anything you want to do should basically go within reason. Within reason. Well, in consent. Yes. 
Thanks, Jess, and thanks for being on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Smart Sex, Smart Love. I'm Dr. Joe Court, and you can find me on joecourt.com. That's J-O-E-K-O-R-T.com. See you next time.